Okay, ready? We're in uh we're in Second Timothy. Just a little bit of review from last week. Um so Second Timothy chapter two, we find uh the apostle Paul in prison for the second time. The first time he was in prison, he was in house arrest, yeah. The second time that we find Paul, uh, he's, he's not in house arrest. He's in a real jail in shackles. The first time Paul was in prison, he would write letters and people could visit him. And, and he was sure that because of the prayers of the people that he was going to be released from house arrest. This letter, the second letter, to Timothy, uh, we don't hear that language. And Paul feels like his death is imminent. Last week we talked about um, uh, Nero, who was in power at the time in Rome. And uh, part of Rome had been burnt down. And he had blamed Rather than taking the rap for himself, he had blamed the Christians. And it just didn't make sense, really. And it, it doesn't really make sense now to blame Christians. There are hundreds of thousands of Christians that are being killed because of their faith in Jesus. And think about that. That doesn't make sense. Like what, what makes sense? Common sense is that criminals go to prison and criminals get punished and mistreated. But it, it doesn't make sense for a group of people who simply love this invisible God to get mistreated simply because of their belief. I mean, think about the teachings, the core teaching of Christianity. Love God and love others. Because we love God, whom many of the world can't see, and because we love others, people are being mistreated. And so we find Paul in prison for the second time simply because he's preaching the word of God. He's preaching a a message to people that's different than what they've heard. I'm going to, we did chapter one last week. That's good, yeah? Last week. Remember that uh, the verse that we left off with last week? It was verse 12. So 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, uh, the Apostle Paul says, which is why I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. And he encourages Timothy, he says, follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. 
And I love what Paul, the, uh, the Apostle Paul says. He says, it's not what I believe that I'm confident in. It's who I believe that I'm confident in. That's a good word for us. That it's not just about what we believe, but it's who we believe in. So I'm going to skip uh, chapter 2, and we'll come back to that. Um, I was going to talk about it, but I, I'm going to invite, uh, if, if I can get my friend Paul down here to share. Uh, he's a soldier who just got out of his last departure. Um, I'm going to try to get him to share on, on chapter 2, because chapter 2, coming from a soldier will have a better feel to it than from many of us who aren't soldiers. But we've got to get the, the context here, that Paul is in prison. And he really believes, not just like a faith belief, but he hears the persecution that has begun in Rome. And he really believes that, that he's not going to get out. Okay? So chapter 3. Paul writes to Timothy, he says, But Timothy, understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. He says to Timothy, avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burden them with sins and led astray with various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janice and uh, Jambers opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men corrupted in their mind and disqualified regarding the faith, but they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those men. So we get a warning here. It's almost a prophetic warning. Yeah, so like prophetic, what does that mean? Like somebody's sharing something that that really hasn't happened yet. So Paul, spending time with the Lord, understanding that his time is short, he gives Timothy a warning. He said, Timothy, let me just share with you something that the Lord has shared with me, that in the last days, things will get really rough. And you think about that list, yeah? I mean, I don't know if Paul had a 2,000-year vision, you know? But much of what is on that list is really the world that we're living in now. And the things that, uh, what, what are some things that catches your, your ear as we, as we read that? Nunu? Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. We definitely see that, right? We definitely see that. Any, any other things that, that catch your mind? 
There's a couple in here that really get my attention. Go to verse 5. Right after Nunu's one, they say, there's going to be these people who have this appearance of godliness, but they're going to deny its its power. And I I think about, we, we just spent the last month, right, talking about godliness. Like what a godly woman is supposed to be, yeah? What a godly man is supposed to be. But we understand that godliness isn't of only the outside practice, but godliness comes from the inward commitment to God. Amen? I think what Paul, Paul is saying partly, and I, and I think we have to really guard ourselves that in the last time, there are going to be people who say, hey, this is the way of godliness. Watch me. Watch my lifestyle. Listen to the words that I am telling you. This is the right way. A form of godliness. Jesus taught, and, and we can find throughout scripture, where, where we where hear this phrase, uh, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Anybody familiar, familiar with you? Ever heard that before in, in church? And the, and the imagery is that there's enemies disguised as friendlies, or in our case, unbelievers disguised as believers. Yeah? So the sheep skin is on the outside, but the wolf heart and the wolf teeth and the wolf claws and the wolf motive is where? It's hidden. It's hidden on the inside. So what does that look like? What does Christianity look like on the outside? So what are, what are, what are some of the things? You're like, that pers- you look at somebody, you're like, that person is a Christian. Why? Okay, they're kind. They go to church. They sing the songs. Yeah, they got the... They got the uh, uh, the cross around their neck, yeah. They, their clothes, yeah. <laughs> they get the the sticker on their car, you know. Like on the outside, they look like believers. They do all the outward practice things well, and and we just spent the last month talking about that. That true godliness isn't only the inward commitment, but it's the outward practice. Amen? That we cannot just say we love Jesus and hate people. We cannot say we love Jesus with our tongue and yet with the same tongue gossip and lie about others. Amen? But we got to understand that there's people who have the outside dialed but they're very, very far from being friendlies. And so how are we going to know? How are we going to know? And, and I ask this, and it's kind of good. I want to know what you guys think a little bit because I've, I've faced or I've, I've been introduced to wolves in sheep's clothing. People who say they're Christian, they talk the talk, and, and I... And I just did not know until it was too late. 
that they were unfriendlies, that they were more enemies of the gospel than friendlies of the gospel. How are we going to know? Okay, by, by their, their fruits, their actions. What else? How, how else do you guys think it is that, that we can tell who are believers from unbelievers when they really look like believers and they act like believers? Okay, the, the way they preach. The way they preach or what they preach? Okay, because it can't be the way they preach. Right? Because they might sound pretty convincing. But I would say that that's a great evidence right there, Jocelyn, that one of the easiest ways for us to understand the difference between a sheep yeah, and a wolf is not how they say what they say, but what they say what they say. So what, what did Paul say? Paul said that these are, they have the appearance of of godliness, you know? Look at verse 7. They're always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of, of truth. And so, so how do, so the, if the question is, if we, if it's not how they say it, but it's what they say, how do we, how are we supposed to know the difference between truth and lies? We got to know what the, the truth is, right? Which means we have to know what? Which means we got to know, we got to know the word, right? Which means what? Which means we cannot just come to service, which means we cannot just only read. We want to, we want to study, we want to, Memorize. We want to become theologians. What is a theologian? Somebody who studies God. Like, what does God say? What does God require? What are the things of the Lord and what are the things that are not of the Lord? One thing that we can understand uh, about the difference between a wolf and what they say is that everything that is said should come directly from the word and it should be testable. Like anything that I say, and, and I really, not that I ever feel like I uh, was a wolf that teached lies, but as soon as we started recording, when I came up here to Waipuna Chapel and we started putting uh, our sermons online and podcast and website, and, and I was like, I'm re- my messages are being recorded, you know? And I'm like, my messages are being recorded. And it's going worldwide. It, it made me just a little bit sharper on what it is that I was sharing. Not that I had ever taught unbiblical things, hopefully. Amen. But now the things were recorded and and I could read what my notes said and what it actually came out in the sermon and how it was delivered. It just made me sharpen a little bit 
what it was that I was saying. Yeah? But we all have to understand that it, it and ben, ben knows this. I took, I took some of the young guys uh, to this men's camp once. And, and there's all kinds of different speakers from a lot of different places. And they could see different guy speakers and, and how they spoke and, and what they were saying. And was it biblical or unbiblical? Because even in the church, you have guys who are straight teachers. And then you have guys who are more on the spirit-led side. This is what the word of God is telling me to tell you tonight. A little like, like kind of how Summer shared earlier, yeah? We were in that little worship time and praying, and Summer's like, I feel this is what God is telling me for all of you. Praise God that what she said was scriptural, but there are men who stand up and say, hey, this is what, the God, this is what God is telling me to tell you now. And it needs to be testable. If what they say isn't in the Bible, I may not build my house and my faith on it, yeah? And so it's good to record. Like, you guys got phones in front of you, boom. Somebody's got a word for you, flip on that mic and record them, you know? What do you say? Okay, here, I'm going to record it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to test it. Because if it doesn't align with the Spirit and if it doesn't align with God's word, it's lies, Everything needs to be testable. And, and some are alluded to, to the second thing. It's, it's these fruits, yeah? So all that they might be doing the Christian things, you're going to see the depth of their, the, the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, and what's the fruits of the Spirit? Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, love, self-control. Those things are evidence that the Spirit of God is living inside of us. But some, person, some people can be patient, right? But I think there's a, a deeper level of patience when we are in the Lord. I mean, I think the, the world has patience, right? So I think about like our, our own culture here, the Hawaiian culture. I've seen aunties who are like crazy, uh, uh, like Hawaiian, 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 you know? And I'm like, shaka, like, but non-believers, they have this form of godliness, but over time I watch them and they're not really godly women. They have the aloha spirit, but the aloha spirit has these parameters which if you cross a certain line, it is no longer aloha. It's, you know, you haole, you know, cracks, get out of my house. And, and, and they, they hold bitterness and rage inside of them. And there's limits to their love. So they have a form of godliness, but there's limits to that. Probably one of the greatest fruits of the Spirit that, that I feel may be hard for a wolf to embody is humility. Because you can come to a believer who has patience that really hasn't been tested and and maybe they get to a place where their patience is being tested and then they get corrected. How do they handle correction when their characteristics are being pushed to the test? Are they going to submit to leaders? Are they going to submit to God's word? Are they going to receive correction well? That's good evidence right there. 
That's probably one of the more defining fruits, I think, for us. It's like humility. Because there's false humility, yeah? There's people who say, oh, it's not me, it's not me, it's not me, but it's really all about me. One of the things that's coming up at the end of this month, um, uh, the end of February, uh, 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock, we're going to have our first Sunday uh, youth service. And I know a lot of you go to different churches and stuff, which is, which is fine. Um, but if you guys want to come, you can come. But for those who are, don't have a church or if you call Waipuna a church, we're, we're going to lead a service on a Sunday morning for two hours. And, and uh, Blair and I have been brainstorming and just making a list of all the things that, uh, all the help that we need to put the service on set up and breakdown and ushers and tithing and announcements and media and worship team and, and who's going to preach and we can do poems and, and, and uh, prophetic words and uh, skits, you know, things like that. There's a lot that can happen within a two-hour service because the truth is uh, you guys have to learn. You guys can come on Monday and sit down and not do anything, which is fine, but I want you guys to, to learn more about the faith. The message that we're listening to tonight that you guys are hearing isn't an a infant Christian type of message. This is like, but, it doesn't, but it doesn't have anything to do with age either. It has everything to do with your maturity and your understanding and discernment of the spirit and what the word says. But you can be a young person and have great discernment. And you can be an older person and just have no idea at all what the Spirit of God is doing or what the Word of God says. But I want you guys to get to a place where you guys are, you guys are having to carry the baton. Like you guys have to carry the weight of responsibility. And I don't say this pridefully, but real gratefully that God called me to give my first sermon. I never knew I was going to be a preacher up until the moment I was anointed to be a preacher and a pastor in 2002. But that was five years, six years, wait, more than that, two, one, that was almost 10 years. Almost 10 years before I was anointed to be a pastor, like the church called me at the front, they prayed for me, they laid their hands on me and said, we ordain you to be a pastor at our church. This was when I was at Pukalaninaz. 10 years before that, God called me out of my seat to preach my first message. It was an eighth grade. Almost all of you in here know more about Jesus than I did when I was eighth grade. Yes, outside of my niece and nephew in here. Like right now, you guys might get like intimidated, like, oh, I don't know if I can do what Pastor Kuypel does. It doesn't matter what I do. If God is calling you to, to teach the word and to communicate what it is that God has put on your heart, just communicate what it is and say what it is that he's, he's telling you. So as we, as, we, as we wrap up tonight, 
Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul. He's in prison. Given this warning of the, what's coming at us. Yeah? Verse 10. Let's close right here. So after he gives the warning, the Apostle Paul says, Unlike these people, you, however, have followed my teaching. You have followed my conduct. You have followed the aim in my life, like the purpose behind his life. You have followed my faith. You have followed my patience. You have followed my love. You have followed my steadfastness, my persecution, my suffering that happened to me um, Verse 12, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. Verse 14, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it uh, and how from a childhood, from your childhood, you have been acquainted with the sacred, the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, correction, for training in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So how do we respond to wolf in sheep's clothing? We got to understand God's word, but we also have to be groomed in godly responsibilities. Okay, So not only do I want to expose you guys to being able to pray for people. We have a spring break coming up, middle of March. We're going to have evening services, five nights in a row. And then in the daytime, like Wednesday through Saturday, we're going to do outreach. We're going to take you guys house to house and you guys are going to pray for people. We'll do some homeless outreaches. Like We're going to do things that will get you guys to have to pray, trust in God, and then watch miracles happen. If not watch a miracle happen, be a miracle that happens. I love what Nick Wojcik says, right? He says, hey, if you don't get a miracle, be a miracle. Amen? That we can be a miracle to somebody and pray to the miracle worker for him to work out miracles in people's lives. So coming up the end of this month, just be praying about what it is that God is, is, is pulling you guys to because we want to get you guys to carry the weight of Ministry. Because you're going to learn more when you study. And you have to study because you're preaching on a Sunday, you know? You're preaching on a Monday. Because you're leading in praise and worship. And you're like, okay, I better practice. You know? I better tighten up my skills a little bit. And it's not going to happen unless you guys, you know, unless we as leaders create a spot for you guys to, to groom and, and bloom. So stay dedicated to God's word. Be praying up. Yeah, all the things that you guys see in my life and in the leaders around us. Yeah, continue to imitate the faith that you guys see in the relationship that we have with the Lord. Hey, strengthen your own relationship with the Lord. And God's going to call you guys, yeah, to accomplish specific things sooner than later.
Okay, so we got some things coming up for you guys the end of February. The last Sunday in February is, our, is a youth service that you guys, I want all of you guys to run. And then come up a couple weeks after that is a whole youth week where um, we'll have the same type of evening services that you guys are going to help with. And then um, and daytime go out and serve. So I'm pretty excited for just what the spring is, is holding for us. Um, I hope there's a lot of growth that, that comes with that. Amen? Amen. Let me, let me pray for you guys and we can go. Jesus, thanks so much for tonight, God. Thanks for each young person here. Um, we were praying it earlier, God, and singing it. Holy Spirit, you are welcomed here. Come fill this place, God. Come fill this atmosphere, God. We, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and teach us more about the word than we can ever teach ourselves Help us to learn, to read, God, to grow. Mostly, God, help us to hear your voice and what it is that you have called us to. Each one of us has a specific calling and uh, a specific uh, work that you've equipped us with. And uh, yeah, in the real, in in, in the in the soon to be future, God, we just pray that. Yeah, we'd be able to learn it and grow it and do it, and you'd get all the glory, God, through it all. But give us discernment, God. Protect us. Pretty, you'd protect each one here as we leave this place. Uh, bring us back together again, God. Just, yeah, just pray your grace and peace, God, over each person. Um, in Jesus' name, pray. Amen.